0: To another UF episode of the Other Wrestling Days podcast. I'm your host David Rosenberg. I am here with Matt Watson. Matt has done some work with me, I guess now at both websites that I've done wrestling writing at. Our original Michigan Sports and Entertainment. I think you worked at, and then you did some you did some articles with BHM Pro Wrestling, if I'm not mistaken, as well, right, Matt?
1: Yeah, I, I did a few for that, but mainly back in the MSE days, uh, doing some NXT recaps, you know.
0: Right, back when we actually had a group of people willing to write about wrestling all the time, but these are uh, hard times. But actually, there's that wrestle joy, which I feel like you've definitely seen going on the Twitter universe with Andy yeah. Nemety, and I know John Snowden, who's with Bleacher Report, but I know that he's like <laughs> jokingly behind it, but also gonna actually be doing some writing. So I'm interested to see what happens there. That's cool. But uh, yeah, man, what's uh what's going on? Like you said, you're the like my resident NXT guy. I always call on you <laughs> when I need an NXT pay-per-view pay-per-view review something like that and here we are, you know, take over in your house. Uh so, you know, just overall, what you know, what's it like to have a takeover again?
1: Uh you know, it was it was really good. Uh obviously this has been a, a lot. Um, especially the last couple of weeks, but it it was nice to sort of get some escapism. Uh, it's it's no secret, as you said, NXT is is my favorite wrestling brand. Uh, so to have a takeover back, uh, and to give me some escapism, uh, for for a few hours, it, it was nice. It was good.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think uh the NXT like the, like the takeover, at least this takeover, like you said, 2020 has been total shit. Uh, so, you know, it's like, I think the AEW show a few weeks ago was really like uplifting, took me out of like the crappy reality that we all live day to day, whether, you know, it's just regular Mm -hmm. life or COVID or, uh, you know, these protests and I mean, it's just real heavy stuff going on. And this kind of, this kind of show really uplifted me, I think more so than like watching like Raw or SmackDown really just doesn't do it for me. But like this NXT show, I thought... Uh, it was super fun just to like sit down and I'm not honestly all too familiar, right? So the, it, the in your house thing is 25 years old sometime yes. around now and I am turning 24 years old later this month. So I don't know much about it nor did I start watching wrestling until like the mid teens. So I mean, what is your understanding of that?
1: So my understanding is 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 just all purely nostalgia from before my time. I'm I'm 27, so it was t- what I was two when uh, In Your House started, right. and I I didn't become a wrestling fan until like the late noughties, like just over a decade ago. Right. So I, it's all purely nostalgia goggles, like from when the network launched and like watching all the pay per views and stuff, and just seeing them bring back this this very early 90s style which is quite nice because as a as a culture we've we are kind of shifting from sort of rehashing the 80s to rehashing the 90s right. and it's sort of like it's like WWE's way of of doing that uh in, in their own style uh, as as seen by like the the set that we saw tonight and the all the little commercials that they ran between it were very uh reminiscent of of the original in your house broadcast
0: Right. And and those and and I mean, I think that's really like an astute observation there that, uh, you know, I think when I used to hear the term retro, I did think like 80s jean jackets, Mm -hmm. the you know, like the graffiti paint jean jackets, things like that. But like retro is moving more towards the 90s and stuff. And it is. The like WWE is pretty good at the nostalgia play, so it, it's you know it's yeah. very it is very smart uh, of them to do it, and it's smart of you to pick up on that because honestly, I wouldn't have been able to put it in uh, such terms. But yeah, that's uh, that's one of the reasons I think it did feel uh, uh, so good. But the reason I <clears throat> the reason I brought up uh, the nostalgia as I start to get a hoarse voice here <laughs> is uh, this Todd Pettengill fellow who yes, who, right. So he was our host. Because there's, like, I don't know, William yeah, Regal as- or Triple H couldn't have done it. I, I mean, this is the nostalgia, right?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's the nostalgia. As far as I can tell uh, from watching all pay-per-views, he was sort of like the Renee Young of, of the day. Mm. The the person who does the hosting and the panels and the backstage carefab interviews kind of thing. It's it, like all-round broadcaster, presenter type Um, And he was just their guy in the early to mid 90s. So I think it was just a a way of throwing back to that time for sure.
0: Right. I I thought it was, I mean, I got that vibe immediately when I saw him. And I thought he did a good, you know, serviceable job for what he was asked to do. So like, it, it was good. He ran down the card, which is something like, they don't always do in WWE, so I was happy that he just kind of told us what we were in store for because, frankly, you know, I told you right before we started recording that I've missed the last two weeks of uh, NXT. I like, skimmed through them but pretty much have just caught them on the periphery um, mm-hmm. and know I need to go back and watch. I haven't watched the Riddle-Thatcher match, which is the one I'm, I really do need that- to watch.
1: Yeah, I'd say from the last two weeks, that's the that's the one to check out. The the rest will just keep on rolling and just watch the next NXT kind of thing. But right. it's a, it's a de- different defi- definitely NXT definitely that match. these days. Yeah, I mean obviously everything's different with the with the no crowd, everything's kind of in this this strange era. But I'd say the the sort of four weeks of TV leading up to this with the narrative of the cruiserweight tournament kind of running through it, it's it's all been quite compelling stuff. And I think if there'd been a crowd there it would have been like a real like golden era of nxt Uh, a lot of tight writing uh storylines merging and blending together uh quite well uh but with that lack of reaction from the full sale crowd it's it's things haven't quite landed and i understand why they haven't been as big a talking points uh in the wrestling world
0: Right. Okay. So the full sale, okay. The full sale crowd is notoriously the NXT crowd. I guess the takeover crowd is different than the full sale crowd. I think a lot of people Mm. who follow NXT know that, but like the full sale crowd. And I've like, I've met these people. I've been to full sale shows. They're like, they're so passionate and they love it. Like I love wrestling, but like when I was there, I, I I don't want to say I felt out of place because they're definitely welcoming. But they just loved it so, so much. And it was like, okay, okay. So these are just, you know, a different kind of fan. And you're right. Their reactions are everything in a normal, like, it's, you know, you almost don't want to make title changes and all of that Mm -hmm. because it's it's cheapened because it's like, oh, could you imagine, you know, that's the first thought in a lot of people's heads which is not the reaction you want when you see a title change. So I, do you think that the they've moved from the, the no fans to the plexiglass barriers and the kayfabe audience? I guess, you know, I, I suppose yeah. it's still NXT just always doing it, um, but the lower levels of NXT for this one. Uh, how, how do you feel about that? Is that working for you?
1: It's it's kind of a, a mixed bag to be honest. I think when the camera isn't on them and they're not like chanting, kind of like a phony, like trying to be like a, a crowd, uh, kind of kind of thing, it I I enjoy it. I like the background noise. It, I, I can sometimes get lost in the idea that there is a crowd there, but whenever they they cut to them uh, behind the plexiglass and you can kind of tell that some people are acting and like not necessarily that excited and some of the chants are a little bit forced and kind of off time with each other and it's like oh yeah this is as much of a performance as the in ring work is now i was joking with some friends that like perhaps a a class at the performance center now for the next few months is how to be a good audience member (laughs) like because the it they need to teach them how to how to react a little bit better and a, a bit more authentic and believable which i'm sure they can they can carry that on into their career as wrestlers for sure
0: i'm trying to think of who who would who would teach that class because there's you know there's the classic <laughs> there's the dusty roads nxt promo class that you know i think every current main roster superstar attended and like talks about you know in, mm-hmm. in interviews to this day i feel like uh you need someone kind of like shillish that's working down there like a like a road dog or something like i you know <laughs> i was thinking road dog just with it,
1: a lot of his over the top appearances and uh kind of, like you say shillish uh segments that he's had in recent months
0: yeah it's just i, I think he's the perfect guy and he you know he moved from smackdown to and it's, he just did oh damn he did i think Corey graves podcast the after the bell okay, yeah. which is like I'm embar- I don't know if I'm embarrassed to say that I listen to it every week, but it's one of those things where, like, I listened to the first episode and I was like, "I could put it on the queue and and we'll stick <laughs> with it." But it's it's just an hour more of my life. It's one of those that I turn to like one and a half or two speed, to, you know, two times speed. So yeah,
1: yeah, to get get through it, get the facts, <laughs> get the details.
0: All right, but there was all right. So there was actual wrestling on this show, and we can yeah. uh, we we can talk about it. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't know the card going in and I just heard, you know, this Todd fellow run it down for us. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was, you know, I was surprised, but delighted to see that, you know, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim, and they took on Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Candice LeRae. Uh, I didn't really expect like a, it feels like I like when there's 3v3 tags to kind of start like a show. It feels very like new japani to me yeah yeah definitely you know it's like we're gonna develop some storylines which is what they did you know and they got to my knowledge this is like one of the first times that raquel gonzalez has actually had a chance to do some stuff be like a name in the match i mean she was back up to dakota kai but most of the time you just see her on the side right
1: yeah i think she's had a couple of singles matches mm-hmm. on tv but very short sort of powerhouse right um like monster squash matches Enhancement kind of thing stuff yeah and, and yeah, this yeah. was
0: her i i mean i you know she was she was the odd man out here if i can say that you know i feel like yeah. there was a level of talent that everyone else had here but it was like really fun i'm a big fan of mia yim and tegan Knox. so you know what what what'd you think about this whole whole deal <laughs>
1: This one this one was kind of interesting for me because it it if okay so to start off with takeover opening matches throughout history have historically been like the men's tag division
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's if you look back at previous cards and they've been absolute bangers sometimes the show stealer of the night and it's like sets the tone for the night it this honestly felt like even though it wasn't a bad match it felt like it might have been the worst takeover opener but it's to me, it was because there's a lot of storylines going on, instead of getting like cohesive closure uh, to storylines, which is kind of what you want at takeovers, or at least like a good plot point beat. But this had the Gargano feuds kind of mixed in. Basically, I wonder if this match would have been better if it have been just a tag match to sort of show off Shotzi and Tegan as a as a new, fresh babyface pairing, and then capitalize on the the six months of uh uh, of Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez as as a pair giving them like a dominant win um I don't know I I don't know if it's just my own personal expectations but this one a lot of talent involved uh it it just felt like not like a takeover match interesting
0: uh I see what you're saying about Mia and uh and Candice kind of being added on you know I'm little, literally just staring at their names on my screen in front of them and it does it is very much like a feud tacked on to another feud that could have uh stood alone. But I mm-hmm. think I mean Shotzi Blackheart isn't like young young, she's 2029. 20, um she,
1: Okay, that's honestly I thought she was way younger than that, but right. that kind of like right. that explains her ex cuz she's very good like for someone so fresh to to WWE television, she's she's very good.
0: Right. And then we all know Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. Um, and I think like a lot of people know Candice LeRae, but she's someone that gets like slept on. Um, yeah. But and Mia Yim is also one of those slept on people. So I think this was like just more of a case of like giving people their chance because. I mean, it isn't to some degree there has to be some reward uh, for being... Like you know, being out there all the time, other than just the Mia Yim and Candice LeRae, I guess, spot you know in the men's match, other than them just being a uh, like a like a, an piece. addition, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's that argument, right? Like they're trying to keep it alive, so maybe maybe a singles match, but then they like to keep the ma- the show's pretty short, so you know, it, it is very much uh, a feud added on to another feud. Um, but I thought, you know, for what it was, it, it it was pretty good. Um, but we are missing that men's tag match, but there was, you know, there's been a lot of issues there with, you know, Stallion Pete getting
1: <laughs> yeah locked out that- of the
0: country and all of that. <laughs>
1: yeah definitely and and kind of like even brie have just returned on nxt and that's right. like just a, a last minute addition to the division it was sort of looking like the division was down to imperium and and birch and lawkin were like the only people still around uh so it totally makes sense why it's this i just think i would have liked to see it be like no the women can work this same kind of opening tag match that the men mm-hmm. can um but instead it was like do you know what to your point it was it was very reminiscent of like a new Japan opener and I didn't really think of it like that but that does it yeah maybe through the frame of like a show opener as opposed to a takeover opener right it, it was it was a good match
0: right and, and I guess to your point on top of my point um, <laughs> I you know new Japan openers are not uh I, a lot of the time when i see the opening matches on a new japan card i go oh wow uh you know ishi is in on the same team as you know whatever like yeah. i'm happy about it but i didn't necessarily expect it i'm just happy that like okay i see you know good guys on one side bad guys on the other like you know that's there's a, there's a way to do that and not uh you know call your fans idiots in the same breath, but WWE does struggle with that. So this is, I I do tend to, uh, especially because like I said, this is a different NXT these days, uh, and I tend to grade them, if you will, with the same mindset I do with uh, Raw and SmackDown now. Just because I think the wrestling standard is still there, but you can see the creative direction. I don't know if it's the week-to-week taping. Like I, I just wish that There was just a little bit more. I know there's a lot because of the COVID stuff, but yeah, you know, I just think that I wish that they would be a little more consistent week to week. Like it was back in the day. If I can say that like a year ago, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well that basically was a lifetime ago, 2019.
0: So that's true. I mean it is, but, uh, okay. So moving on from the opener, we had, uh, what what do we have? Oh, wait. I wanted to mention this. You you talked about yeah. like the Ico Pro commercial, I think, that Adam Cole did, and they did uh, yes a couple of other stuff, but they had the uh, WWE Superstars Ice Cream Bars by Good Humor. Have yes. you. Uh- <laughs> have you apparently back in the day these were like the best thing
1: I, i've seen apparently didn't cm punk reference it yes. during his yes. his pipe bomb run he, all that he,
0: stuff he yeah. loved those things dude and i mean or at least you know he thought they were, were were very good and i i guess the verdict on this one is that they are not so good so it was funny uh it's always <laughs> funny to see like some merch get heat on twitter and then immediately yeah. see them promote it like a week or two later. And it's like, what are you doing? You know, we don't like this. Don't push it on us. <laughs> but maybe there's a different audience.
1: I, I think the network. It only worked because it was in your house and right. it felt like a very early 90s product. And I think the, the, the Twitter backlash is justified because we it's. Yes, we want some of like the 90s nostalgia in terms of the color and the music and the, and the, and the, the graphic design, but we don't necessarily want the same snacks back because maybe they tasted like frozen cardboard.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, okay, after that we had the, I think, the Finn Balor and Damian Priest match, which feels like a big jump. Am I missing something here? Because like, no, Finn I, Balor I, I think so early was... on the card is shocking to me
1: always. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, it is. I mean, I, I, I said I tweeted out on our Twitter at MSC Pro Wrestling that uh, nice plug. I, I, I really enjoy Finn Balor, and I didn't hate the match. But Damian Priest, I just like stare at him in every single one of his matches. And mm-hmm. I just am like, why? Why am I watching you? Do you Do you have that problem with him, or does Does I, he work for you?
1: No, I a hundred percent agree with you. There's There's something there. I I can't remember who who spoke about it, but the idea that like wrestlers have got to be able to wrestle, they've got to have the look, and then there's that it factor, like that that special something that whether it's charisma, whether it's it's just the their presence, and I I don't think Damian Priest has that. There's There's just something very bland. About him, uh, so I, I definitely feel that it, it was like a a very ex- Finn Balor's is a very exciting wrestler to watch, especially since his return to NXT. And it, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's like watching someone wrestle. I don't want to be mean, uh, but <laughs> it, it's like watching someone wrestle a a pole like a lifeless. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, there's nothing to it. Everything seems very. Uh, f- like, oh, I'm doing this move because this is the choreographed spot. It's right. I don't, but I don't buy into the match.
0: No, I, I that's I think you're nail on the head right there because I and I don't think that it's so much him. It's it's the character on this guy. I mean, I don't know if you ever saw it. Oh, him as it doesn't Punishment make any sense. Martinez, the character makes no sense. But it was way better. Like Punishment Martinez worked in ROH, and there's a reason that. WWE went to go get him this guy this whole Damian Priest thing just does not work and it I mean from the name to who they're trying to make him out to be to the story they're telling to his finisher yeah it is none of it it makes sense none of it is the right decision in my opinion and like you know and again that's I think the guy can work and I think that he maybe he does need a talking piece because from what I've heard from him, it's there, you know.
1: Yeah, he's got a great voice. His tone is excellent, but his delivery is not so good. It's it either um, let
0: him do his own thing and see if it works or get someone to cut the, you know, Paul Heyman can cut the WWE promo that you want him to cut, but he cannot. So I think yeah. that's one of the reasons that I say that, like, NXT is very WWEified these days, and that's you know to be fair, like that's one of the reasons it's lower on the priority list. That is my DVR queue, which is very <laughs> very long, but I'm still like half halfway through the season of Dark Side of the Ring, but <laughs> but yeah, I so this you know he didn't work for you, but overall, I, I, at least from what I gather, the internet is a beast. Uh, but it tells me that while he isn't the best, mm-hmm. this match was very good. It, would you agree with that?
1: Um, I'd say it was good. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I'd go as far as very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it it the thing with Balor at the moment is that I I love Balor have done for a long time, and I love Volta have done for a long time, and the fact that that was the feud that they were setting up before COVID hit, right. It's just like I don't want to see and Anything I'm I'm that. gonna struggle to be invested in a in, a, in another baller match until that match happens because I feel like it'll still happen and that they'll that, that they're still very much preparing for it, whether it's a UK takeover or a US takeover. But it's it feels like every balla match from now until then is a foregone conclusion, and he will just win every single one to stay hot for facing Volta down the line. So it it removes the air of like, oh, who's going to win this match? It's just like, yeah, it's tough to get invested in Damien Priest matches at the best of times. But against Bala, I just wasn't invested. There were a couple of cool spots in the match. Don't get me wrong. The the like fall to the steps on the outside. Right. The red edge onto the apron was good as well. But I couldn't really save the match for me. I just I, it was fine. It was, it was decent.
0: Yeah, I my my notes here my my notes are usually very brief in nature because I, I'm I'm better at just running off an idea. Um mm-hmm. but this one feels like one I should read verbatim. It says this picked up at the ten minute mark. It was a thirteen or fourteen minute match by my okay uh measure, but it says this picked up at the ten minute mark, but there's something about the priest character that isn't working for me. Balor is still really fucking good in ring like end notes. Yeah. So I, and I think that sums it up because like that's the takeaway. You're right. What I often ask myself, wh- why is Damien Priest in this match? And I couldn't help, but ask myself that repeatedly throughout this one. Um, but I do know that, like you said, Balor is good. He's going to win most of, if not all of the matches until we do get that uh, Balor versus Walter thing, which I think they are rightly holding it off as long as they – I mean, I know there's – he's not in the country or whatever. Yeah, travel so issues and issues, stuff. But uh, it is the right move to not do that right now. Like, just wait as yeah. long as you can. It is something – I mean, I disagreed about the uh, the Revival FTR's mm-hmm. debut uh, on AEW just because I feel like – the pop with the fans is is too good to waste, um, but that's you know that's that like that match is too good to waste on, uh, you know, a cinematic match or something like that. Just De-
1: definitely wait till wait till there's a crowd for just sure. Give
0: it and you know do it. Uh, like I wish they would do it, you know, in I I don't know I Ireland or you know wherever somewhere yeah in, in the UK just because I think that those two guys especially like really uh you know evoke that idea of you know not american wrestling like they are are very clearly not uh randy orton and edge you know what i mean yeah It's, 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 it's
1: it's for sure this that match does have the potential to be the best wrestling match of all time uh, just because it's that cl- it's that absolute hulking brawler European style, and then the world traveled sort of hybrid European Japanese style that Finn Balor has, it yeah, honestly, it's an absolute dream match for me. And I think a uh, UK takeover main event for the UK Championship with Finn Balor maybe winning would do a lot for the NXT UK brand.
0: Right, and it, and it's it's I think. I, the NXT UK brand, I mean, there, there are a lot of rightful criticisms of it and what, you know, it's kind of done to the B- British pro wrestling Absolutely, scene. Um, But they, you know, they're not doing so well. I, you know, people don't talk about them really at all. So if they are going to get a win and at the same time gain some goodwill with uh, British wrestling fans, uh, you know, just wrestling fans in general, to be honest. Mm-hmm. um that that match is just the way to go in that you know it, it somewhere around there i don't really care where it is i'm sure other people care more than i do but just yeah uk championship that thing is that, that thing would be great um but like you said i this this match is just kind of a i i don't know what i don't even know what to call it this priest yeah it happened it, it happened it was there it was, yeah it was it's good. something
1: that happened don't think i'll watch it again
0: right it's if i if i do rewatch this show probably gonna fast forward through this one no offense yeah, to either yeah. guy it was i saw it <laughs> and we've talked about it long enough so then then do we move on to the uh gargano match it, gargano came out of the house am i right
1: yes yes he did Thanks. i like i really liked that okay. i was i was a big fan of that good i i liked the it's it's kind of silly obviously because it's like well in kayfabe does that mean he lives behind the stage but like the the symbolism of it That's is that asked, he yeah <laughs> the symbolism is like it implies that he thinks nxt is his house yeah so like he's he's got the ego that like no this is my house i'm gonna like and obviously there's the key thing that has been played out on tv with like jabbing it into Keith Lee's eyes to kind of like play into the the setup for this match um but yeah just this this idea of him walking out of into the into the house that he thinks that he built uh and that that he has kind of claimed as his own
0: right yeah i you know i i'm I'm glad you enjoyed that because i thought it was it it was a cool thing my my first thought was why is no one entering through the door uh when the pay-per-view started because i just figured that's a missed opportunity and then i realized no, you're an idiot, David. This is a, a a great opportunity that they've executed well by having exactly what you said the you know the big heel or the guy they're trying to make now the big heel of NXT, uh you know have that symbolism of it's his house and all of that. And okay, so the key thing uh not to skip to like what was pretty much the end of the match. I mean they did a little bit after they did the whole key in the eye spot. But did you say? That's been part of television because, like I said, I'm not that well versed on NXT television these days. Um, yeah. Have they been doing yeah. things with that?
1: Yeah, it's been, it's 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 weird because this match wasn't anything like I expected in terms of Keith Lee and Gargano as a performer. I still thought it was a good match, but uh, it, it was much more like that classic cowardly heel working a couple of body parts. And it, it's because on TV, I think two weeks ago, uh, he like Johnny Gargano sort of jammed Keith Lee's left hand between the steps, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was working the hand and the fingers a lot. Right. And then the key to the eye, I think, was last week uh, to just blind him and and es- like do the cowardly escape sort of thing. Um, so, it, yeah, it was a it was a it was a weird match in that it wasn't what I, I've i come to expect from these two performers. Uh, but in terms of a uh, cowardly heel working a big uh, sort of super baby face character, picking apart the body parts, I thought it worked really well.
0: Yeah, no, hearing you describe it that way uh, just really makes it seem like the people booking NXT know how wrestling should work. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you told me that a guy like Keith Lee... Uh, was gonna be facing a guy like Johnny Gargano. The first thing I'd point to is size, and everything yeah. you just broke down, like that, explains everything. You know, I mean, because part mm-hmm. way through the match, I'm thinking, how is this little guy holding up with uh, such a big, a big guy? Not only like a physically big guy, but someone who Vince McMahon has given the rub to a few times on yeah. on major events as a big guy, right? Like we have Brock Lesnar, you know, looking at him, like there's a gif of him going like, wow, that's a big boy. You know, like <laughs> that's,
1: that's one of the best moments from wrestling it's, in it's, a long time. Yeah. It's
0: fantastic. You know, it's, I, so people know that Keith Lee is, is, is a large man. Um, mm-hmm. and I think everything you just kind of said really, you know, g- gives me clarity into why, uh, I, I did enjoy this match a lot, you know, um, more than I thought, uh, not because like I expect the names to be good in the ring as always, but I'm struggling a bit with this Johnny Gargano heel stuff. Just because I really do enjoy him as the babyface, especially the NXT babyface that they've made.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I, I same. I've I've loved the three year sort of run of of him being the heart and soul of NXT, and it. It was tough to reckon with, but I think that was just me slightly getting worked by it a little bit in terms of like being disappointed in in, in Johnny's turn. Uh, but the fact that it's given some life to Candice's character as well, um, and he's sort of like it looks like Gargano isn't going anywhere. Like he's not someone who's sort of uh, uh, earmarked for a Raw SmackDown position. So he's kind of like a mad man in NXT now. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna be enjoyed on any Takeover card. So I I think it, the heel turn came at the perfect time, even if it was a lit, It's a little jarring, and it's taking time to get used to, as you say. Um, it because he was that heart and soul figure for so long. Um, but I I I think this match is a is a, a step in the right direction from it from it being like okay, we're officially in heel Gargano territory now, and let's see. Let's see wh- which characters he can he can work with because I feel like Gargano could take like straight losses at takeovers for the next two years, and fans would still want to see his matches.
0: Right, right. There's there's a few things that you just said that I want to get to, but the first yeah, the first one is you know I like you know you said he's a made man, uh, but he's not necessarily a made heel in NXT. True, uh, true. He's, true. He, he's had he, you know he had a strong uh heel run i know on the independence but that's a long time ago and how many people mm-hmm. were watching that or know about it so y- you know what i mean like he does need to make himself as a heel but they dropped i think they dropped these stats or i looked them up when they hinted at it but gargano's been i think on 16 NXT shows takeovers
1: that sounds about right yeah
0: and and the next the next place and i don't know if this was counting this event so if it's plus one to everyone else Forgive me, but Ciampa and Roderick Strong had 12, O'Reilly had 11, and then Cole and a slew of other people had 10. I think Balor as well had 10, so he'll continue to move up um, as things go on. But, you know, how many of those 16... So Gargano's well in the lead there. You know, he's got four more than the next grouping of uh, of people, so he's like in an S-tier above the A-tier. So... It's you know, but how many of those were heel? Not a lot. So no, I just think
1: this, just it's two, right? Maybe right, or yeah, just One so,
0: and this was, I think, like you said, that first big step on whatever ladder, staircase, whatever you want to envision it as. Uh, but to him being uh, a, a believable heel, because I was, I was convinced. You know, like everything that we've discussed has been pretty much just me saying that. They've done a really good job of convincing us to buy into something that we didn't want to buy into. We didn't want Johnny Gargano to not be our hero, our rebel heart, our all of that. But at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of this match, I was happy to see Keith Lee win. Mm -hmm. I was happy to see Johnny Gargano lose. And I thought they put on uh, a new kind of match that like, you know, Gargano's not as young as a lot of people think he is, you know, because he looks yeah. like he's got that baby face shine or whatever. Um, but I think that, you know, this is like a, a step, the first step of a great part of his career. So I, I I enjoyed this match, and I think I said that Keith Lee was the winner just in case I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then, oh, oh, I did want to mention that uh, the other part that, you had said uh was that it kind of has elevated candace's uh career yeah um and, and that's absolutely true and it's i think a lot of people are hesitant to say that because i don't know there's that like trope of all right well she got there on her own and all of that and it's like absolutely uh she did but i think something that a lot of people like don't recognize and it's something that's been like talked about in the news is that sometimes people don't get listened to you know but and and Candice LeRae is very much that in my opinion she's she's been every time I've seen her wrestle in WWE she's been really good but she doesn't get the the you know the chance to to be heard so I think that they uh you know like Johnny Gargano bringing her to this kind of light and just saying like let's be in the promos together you know mm-hmm. and giving that attitude of you know we don't care i've seen you know that's what they say in their promo like we're gonna be that married couple and do whatever like lean into it i think it's like real smart and something that a couple like cody and brandy could watch and learn from yep uh, definitely if they you know if they ever brandy tried to go heel i mean maybe not at the right time but it's just uh it's a real smart thing that I think a lot of people could learn from, and probably Mia Yim and Keith Lee have already uh, learned a bunch from that. But um, yeah, the women it's... like the women getting the spotlight is great.
1: Yeah, def- definitely. And it's like I'm such a—I I know a lot of people might like this, but I, I'm such a fan of heel couples. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like Triple H and Stephanie, whenever th- like the old stuff that they did and like right. teaming back up again. I just—I love that dynamic. It's just the perfect foil where you kind of like you you want to be on their side a little bit and like you want to you root for them and it's like oh it must be so cool to like work with your partner like that and to like whether you as a face or a heel but then you the heel couples are just the perfect foil because you can get uh you can get a guy over and you can get a girl over as well like you can there are there you they're just more they're much more of a commodity as a pair and it's while Candice learns how to, like, gets the... Because she's incredible in ring. um, But just gains that confidence with the, like, pre-taped promos and the more intense rivalries with someone who has the sort of three years uh, experience of doing that at high level and who also she is married to. So the natural chemistry is there. You mentioned Cody and Brandy and how, like, Brandy had tried the heel thing and it didn't really work. I think it's because it wasn't with... Cordy on on aw and when it does happen it'll be amazing because their natural chemistry is great
0: Uh, No, 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 I don't know. I totally agree with you there. Uh, you know, it's I guess you were agreeing with me, but uh, you know, it's um The the pairing of of the like the you're right the like I, I never thought about it that way but the like it's uh, it's it's like instantly sexier to be the bad guy Boyfriend, oh yeah, girlfriend, husband, wife, like the Bonnie Clyde. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, definitely. It's just there's a certain uh, sex appeal that like can't be can't be matched. Like you know, there's just a level of virtue getting in the way of the babyface side of those parents. Yeah. And you know, I you know, Steph and Triple H is such a good such a good way because they can do the heel thing whenever they want. And they mm-hmm. also have that, like, you know, they're just very good at being those people. So, um, you know, I've said it a few times this podcast, but let's just say it again. I think that this is like a really good step in the career for both of these, uh, you know, the, the, both of these people. Uh, Candace should, I, you know, I, I, what's what do you think the end game here is? Because I was talking to uh, a friend in, in a Discord chat while we were watching the show. And I was saying that uh, I hope that the end game here isn't the mixed tag because it's always the mixed tag. And I think that that's the wrong way to do it these days. I think it's to um, distinguish that there is like, yes, they are part of the same story, Mm -hmm. but there's different perspectives, right? There's a female perspective of the story and a male perspective because there just is, you know, like there's like, like, you know you don't exactly know like you know how you feel about what your girlfriend's going through but you don't know exactly what she's going through you're just going through it with her and in interpreting it your way and I think you yeah. show both sides of those stories and let them culminate in different ways because that is usually how humans react when there's more than two people in a conflict Yes, uh, is really like is a missed opportunity so I guess my question is to you do you think that they're gonna just you know lazy it up and do that boy girl tag i
1: i think there's always uh, money in like a tv mixed tag match but you're i agree with you it should never be like the end goal like the mm-hmm. this is the, the the end goal of the character personally I, w- I would like to see uh johnny use his star power to to work uh singles matches against other guys like newer fresher guys in nxt um beat some lose to others but I'd like to see a more consistent uh, win streak for Candace. Maybe like a year from now, we're sort of looking back on their records, and and Candice has had a pretty consistent win streak, and is sort of like in line for her, like having a big ch- like her first singles. Oh, has she had a? She has a she had a singles takeover match, but not a championship. A yeah, she championship
0: did. Uh, she, who did she have one with? Because I, I, I remember think it was EO. really. Yeah, it was Io. I remember enjoying it. Uh, I think she got. Oh, I think maybe both of them got pretty beat up in that, but I do remember uh, enjoying and being like, wow, this should be like a little bit of a breakout for her and hopefully yeah. people will notice. Um, yeah. So yeah, I want to see, especially uh, with how the main event of this show turned out, I want to see, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities and stuff uh, for people to mix it up. And, it, you know, Candace, Candace being at the top of the card is a good thing.
1: Definitely, definitely
0: um and geez these shows just really fly by i think there's like two more mat or two or three more matches after this right
1: yeah yeah three more matches i think did we follow- and that's a good that's the great thing about takeovers is that just the runtime is just perfect
0: right did we follow uh with the carry and cross match or did we go into the i think it was the the backlot
1: yeah the backlot brawl right the backlot
0: brawl i did not take notes on this because i just like very much like to enjoy these things in their entirety um yeah. it's like it was shorter than i thought it was going to be Hmm. um but w- i have a few questions and maybe you'll be able to answer them maybe you won't be able to but one is this but sp- where's the back lot because oh
1: okay i do have the answer to that one sorry oh, to okay. interrupt you Go there ahead. <laughs> Uh, this was like the most exciting part of the match for me. Uh, so full sail university where they, they tape NXT is like a full film production university in Florida. Yes. And they have a, uh, for their final year students, or maybe just for all their students to, to film final year pieces, they have like a full street scene <laughs> that you, that they brawled throughout. Uh, so it's a literal backlot. Like that's the, by definition, what a backlot is. Now, in previous backlot matches in WWE, they've just sort of turned a parking lot into right, right. what looks like a Hollywood thing, whereas this was a legit film set. That's what this is used for on most <laughs> days. So I did a nice; it was a nice bit of realism, I think, to the match.
0: So okay, so here's a, one: it's funny, and that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> but yeah, there's like a second layer to why I'm laughing, and I you probably don't know this, but for the past five years. Um, from like 2019, 2014 to 2019, mm-hmm. I was at the university of central Florida, which is in Orlando and, uh, university Boulevard, which is just, is like the main road near the campus. Um, mm-hmm. it basically, if you go down it long enough, it's like a dead end into the UCF campus. And if you go down at the opposite way, uh, you will eventually hit full sail. Like you will, oh, full okay, will be on the side. So I lived right off university, um, and I was about halfway between full sail and, uh, UCF. So being my late night, uh, you know, uh, yeah, late night stoner self, uh, just yeah. going to get McDonald's at like, I don't care. I was in college, um, you know, getting my <laughs> like 2 a.m. McDonald's. Uh, there was one towards UCF that was usually pretty crowded, and there was one that was, Not towards UCF, but towards Full sale and not so crowded. Um, And it was literally Mm -hmm. like right – people probably know if you've ever been to the the shows there. But like um, it's literally right outside like the back lot. There's like an ale house nearby, which is uh, where a lot of the fans go to eat food after the shows. um, And some of the talent comes by a lot. And you can see like pictures of a lot of the – there's a lot of like, you know, internet famous – uh, fans that go to the NXT uh
1: yeah, shows that are cool. just
0: popular for being so loyal but yeah so the reason I'm laughing is cuz I was picturing the back lot with the McDonald's in the background and stuff <laughs> and that's I was like hell yeah I this is my turf I know exactly <laughs> I know the ins and outs Adam Cole if you need my help <laughs>
1: they I can, can enter from this back way.
0: lot and <laughs> And and I was you know I was totally wrong and I'm glad you had the scoop on that because I as soon as they were up I was like okay this is cool I'm glad they have like the whole scenery and stuff but where the hell is this this is not outside a full sale that I thought it yeah. was gonna be um, and then I thought like maybe they've got some weird shit at the performance center but I was just expecting uh, <laughs> you know
1: yeah that McDonald's
0: yeah the, the McDonald's so it was uh it was it was not. Unfortunately, I had flashbacks to my college days, <laughs> but the NXT did not uh, double down on that. So I, I don't know. I thought that was that was pretty funny. So I'm glad you actually did know the answer to uh, where that w- was filmed. And then also, like, what was what's wrong with Velveteen Dream? Because he this was edited, so I, I, it was better than yeah. what I was expecting huh But something at least in my opinion has not been the same since he's come back. And I don't know if it's the pressure of being thrust into this main event, uh, you know, Adam Cole feud. Yeah. I mean, Adam Cole is I mean, he's a hell of a hell of a worker and a hell of a guy. Oh, for sure. So it's like, you know, being put right there in that pressure um after I think he was out with injury. So I I don't know if this in nerves getting to him, but do you notice that or am I just imagining that he's been velveteen dreams has been a bit off since he's come back
1: no i I definitely agree with you there it's uh i I don't know either it could be a combination of a lot of things like he's Velveteen dream as a character is someone who plays off of a live live audience a lot like drawing physically drawing the energy from people mm-hmm. uh is is definitely a big part of his in ring performance obviously, this was always going to be a backlog brawl anyway or or what like they got creative with it and there's there's not that energy anyway but then there's there's also like the the story that broke about him like to to get out of the carefabe story stuff and it just like was about six weeks ago like that never really got any kind of like like that's why i still feel funny about him as an audience member because i don't know what the closure is to that i'm not saying he's like a he he did anything bad or did anything good like it's unknown at the moment. Right, but if there's a um, question,
0: then you want to, you know, yeah. then it's like, it is, it is. did he, now, when that happened, did that happen after he
1: came back or before? I think it was just after, like, literally a couple of weeks.
0: Right, because I remember someone saying something's interesting about the timing of it, um, which is, mm-hmm. you know, entirely possible. But like you said, uh, the fact that we're even having a conversation about, like, did he do something uh, you know that—that's questionable enough for me to ask if he should be in the spot he's in. Kind of tells yeah. you, I think, the answer. Right? I think when I—I I worked as a camp counselor, right? Um, I and there was this like, you know, there was this thing called the bright red line that like you didn't cross, right? And they want mm-hmm. and like it was like and how you know the big question everyone asked was like, well, how can you how can you be sure? Um, and the question was something like if there's doubt, you know, there is no doubt. And and that basically just meant that, like, if you have to question it, you're probably it's probably, you know, you're probably questioning it for a reason. So I yeah. think that like, it you know, that is that is something that people are going to uh, worry, worry, about, worry about. I would say worry, but it doesn't sound like the right word. But you know what I mean?
1: Um, yeah, just like be con- it's it, enough of a concern that you can't really view him as this top. baby first performer just until there's some clarity on the situation at least that's how i kind of feel
0: right it is it is very much uh like i you know i don't think he handled it you know poorly or or well it's not really a thing you can handle well Uh, it is definitely a thing you can handle poorly so i guess that is a you know gold star here however you want to award them but uh you know it's when there are allegations of, of certain things it's kind of it's kind of strange um and I think a lot of people a lot of people got it in their head that Adam Cole is gonna lose and that this was the time for Velveteen Dream. And I you know, I, it sounds like you were where I was and it was like this is absolutely not. Uh so when this thing was only like fifteen minutes and that's with the like kind of weird start, I don't they didn't ring a bell, they
1: just yeah. said go. And it was there was a lot of shenanigans. It was like moving from crazy spot to crazy spot in terms of, the, the, like the the car, the ladder, the undisputed era getting involved, the Dexter Loomis thing. Right, Dexter, it, dude, Dexter chased.
0: Loomis. I uh, what what do you make of that guy? I mean, you're a big, yeah, you, you like NXT? Is he? Are you a fan of his character?
1: Yeah, I I mean I I love NXT and I love character work in in pro wrestling more than just about anything else well what am i what
0: am i missing because i from like when i see dexter loomis i see dexter from the showtime show yes and i i I think that he's mimicking that but is there like a story as to why he's there yet or is he just we're seeing it develop
1: okay i think uh i i enjoy his delivery his like stony face and sort of reaction i think it's an interesting they've gone the dexter route of like this guy is a is morally questionable but is is the good guy is like a protagonist in this situation right. um, They don't know
0: how to make an anti-hero so they're just gonna borrow an anti-hero
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> That that's probably what they're doing, um. But I I'd be curious to see how it plays out if like he continues to sort of, I don't know. Maybe he uh, his actual obsession is with Velveteen Dream and yeah. whoever Dream feuds with next. Dexter Loomis helps him out again, and then Dreams like what the hell, and then another TV feud, and then they can have their own takeover match of some description. Um, I I just I love character work, and I think. NXT is a great place to to always inject some of that because it's such like a bell to bell sort of in ring action. Like we've we've bought the uh, <laughs> some of the best wrestlers in the world and we've put them together in a ring. So it's always nice to see ca- uh, some character work get some get some spotlight. But it is very much a character in development right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess isn't really what NXT is anymore, as as you were saying earlier. It's very much like viewed through the eyes of like Raw and SmackDown uh, as a as a third brand. Um, but yeah, I mean, enjoy- I'm excited to see where it goes. But for this match, in in terms of how it played in the Backlot Brawl, it it just felt like it was there. It wasn't really like the other cinematic ones where it was like this intense brawl between two guys. It was just there was too much going on. Uh, and it, maybe it's because they didn't, it's not capitalizing on dream, uh, or anything like that. Cause I, it, you, I think you said earlier about how like saving big title changes, like especially babyface title changes for when there's a crowd. Um, and this, this is one of those moments where even if dream was like due to become NXT champion, I, I think plans changed based on the lack of crowd reaction to that.
0: Right. Right. No, I, in my I, opinion. No, I I think that that's a good opinion. I, that that makes, you know, that 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 to me, it, you know, I think that happened that's happening a lot in wrestling these days that mm-hmm. uh you know, there there are certain plans um and you know, like now's you know, now's not the best time for the plans that we had. Um luckily, I think half of WWE isn't booked that way, so it's not really affecting them. They're like I don't want to say thriving on the week to week stuff, where everything's just kind of a crapshoot, especially down here in Florida, uh, where there are no laws and no rules, and there could be fans back any day. Uh Uh, But you know, it's it's like you know, plans uh, now more than ever. I mean, God, wrestling fans hate this phrase, but plans (laughs) plans change. Plans plans are going (laughs) to change. And these, I mean, if you can't understand plans change these days. I don't know what planet you're living on. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I I wasn't upset with how this turned out, but I, I asked. I normally tweet, you know, tweet along with these pay-per-views and stuff like that. And I say things like, uh, you know, okay, rate this match for me out of five stars. Give me blah, blah, blah out of five stars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't do it like I didn't want it for this cinematic thing because I think that it's kind of unfair with the editing you know, you can cut out a real bad botch if you have one. You know, you can take certain yeah, liberties yeah. with certain things. Um, You know, bigger falls and land on a crash pad and don't film it a certain way and give them time to get back up. Mm-hmm. Um, So, th- you know, that's why those things are just kind of, like, harder. But what I asked was, where does this rank on the, uh, on the list of edited, taped matches, right? The things that we've gotten to see that were not live, right? Things that we... Have seen on television, on pay per view, on whatever. Uh, This this includes like the stadium stampede because that wasn't live. Um, You know, I'm sure there's various uh, things. You know, SmackDown and Raw have been uh, live and taped. AEW Dynamite's been live and taped. So pretty much everything Mm -hmm. I was including in that. But uh, like the biggest answer I got, I got or the one I noticed the most was that it was the worst of all of them, Um, and I don't think that's unfair to say uh which is a double negative yeah. way of saying that that's a completely favorite thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's yeah, it just was not up to par and I think they knew that cuz it felt um abrupt, more like a video package that I missed, you know, in passing. Yeah. Um and nothing happened except for oh, there was one spot that I did care about where I was wondering how they did it cuz they the, i think i threw coal off the ladder into the car and it cracked the windshield yeah that, that, that was a looked fun spot.
1: Le- the cuts looked legit right like yes. i was looking at it going did they tape this but then i was looking at the cuts and it was like that would you'd have to stop it for like 30 to 40 minutes to do that level of makeup and it's just not worth it i don't think they would have thought to do that they would just throw them down on the glass, see what happens kind of thing.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, I don't think they'd smash a packet and hose it off or anything like, yeah, So yeah, it yeah. just, you know, there's a lot to set up there. Yeah. I mean, my guess is that, uh, we, I, you know, again, my buddies and I were trying to figure out, is it sugar glass, uh, in the windshield, but probably not mm-hmm. because if it were, it would just kind of shatter and you'd, you know, be a go hole, through it, go through. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it did what those, uh, you know, it did what windshields do or those reinforced glass panes do when they break in, is they like, they shatter, but they stay together, right? Because they're reinforced yeah. to some degree. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that they probably just did some gimmicking, cracking of it, you know, ahead of time. And yeah. the cuts were definitely. I mean, I, I assume they shoot, you know. Um. And yeah. I, if they, I, if they, yeah, they, they
1: worked me. If they, if they're, if they're fake, they worked me.
0: Right, and and I was thinking in that moment when I was watching it is 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 Adam Cole a really good you know really good at selling, or is 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 is, is he in some pain right there? Yeah, and I think it's a little bit of both. I think the, the yeah, best sellers a, know how to exaggerate B, yeah. the pain. Yeah. So uh, it was I you know like I say with a lot of these taped matches is what I'll call it uh, fun because I think that it's hard. I think if you like this sort of wrestling, it's hard to walk away from it and not go like, that wasn't fun, because it was. Like, it was, there was, there was shit in yeah. it, you know? But was it good wrestling? Nah, not really. It wasn't no, something yeah. that I cared so much about or needed to see uh, or watch back. But it is something that, like, I'll definitely remember and be able to talk about long enough, because it was, like, you know, memorable gimmick spot things, which is more of what I think the WWE business model is. They don't they yeah. care about that memory for you that everything needs to have a WrestleMania moment, not you know, once a year, like in your it's your in your house yeah. moment or something. So, um as far as those things go, uh I I was, I was pretty cool with that. Um but, you know, I don't really rate those matches cuz they're just uh it's you know it's not really fair. No, but... yeah, it's
1: it's it's different. It's the thing. It's something different uh, that you can't really c- hold it up against anything else, because even each of the pre tabbed matches are, are very different to each other. Like this was extremely different to, like, say, the Firefly Funhouse match, right, or the or the Boneyard match or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's unfair to rate them. They are like they're all of them have been like must see. Uh, in terms of like because they offer something different in the genre of pro wrestling, but the, I I agree with what you're hearing uh, back on Twitter and stuff that I think this is possibly the weakest of of the the COVID era uh, pre taped mm. cinematic matches.
0: Right, and then where do you think where, where do you think that uh, Cole goes? Like you know we 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 kind of agree here that uh, this was a, a a pretty decent way for uh dream to kind of get out of this picture where do you think cole goes next
1: um i personally like to see keith lee maybe step up i think it would need to maybe they would both need a tv feud to uh sort of keep adam cole hot uh and give sort of a rub to a young baby face and to sort of get the north american championship off of keith lee uh, but I, I'd like to see Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, and maybe see Keith be the be the one to dethrone and end the uh, historic reign.
0: Right, it's getting to that point where it has to be someone big, because yeah, a- yeah, Adam Cole, Adam Cole is historic now, as far, at least in NXT terms. But there is there is this weird pattern, or it seems like a pattern, of people with historic runs in NXT that just don't have such historic runs when they go elsewhere or to other brands within the same company. So I hope that's a, you know, I I hope at least for his sake that the belt is on him for uh, as long as it can be, because he is, he's one hell of a champion. And, you know, I don't think you would disagree with me saying that he shouldn't lose the belt until we can have fans in the building again.
1: Yeah, completely agree with you there.
0: Um, okay. So then we have two more matches that we have to suck through, I guess. And we, it was the, this is, is this the first like major carry and cross match that we got? I, I yeah, call this definitely. a cool down match in the moment, but it's definitely like, that was kind of the booking idea when you look at the grand scheme of things, but mm-hmm. carrying cross versus Tommaso Ciampa isn't necessarily a cool down match because, uh, no one's really sitting back down in their seat, you know, if there is an actual fan in the audience, uh, for that yeah. match. But, uh, so, you know, I, I guess a lot of people are familiar with killer cross. I don't know if you were watching him when he was killer cross. Um, but I've seen a couple of his squash matches and stuff. Cause that's pretty much all he's been doing, at least from my knowledge. Yeah. That's, know that's all he's had. And he's responsible for the attack on Tommaso Ciampa, which is why this feud mm-hmm. is here, right? Yep. So he he submitted Ciampa
1: in 6 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, oh, was it that short? I, I, knew, I knew it was short. I kind of had it in my may- head. It felt like about maybe, 10 minutes. But
0: maybe 7 or 8, but I mean, unless my timer was way off. It's
1: uh, still, still super short for a Ciampa match.
0: Right. It yeah, was historically it was, speaking. I mean, you know, and he's got a lot of uh, a lot, a lot, 614. Yeah. So it was, uh, Wow. yeah, it was just real. I, I, my notes say 615, odd, because you just never expect, uh, you know, when I read the names, I just didn't expect, okay, this is going to be under eight minutes. You know, I figured 12 minimum, but. Um, mm-hmm you know the goal here is to get Karrion Kross cross over is like your NXT Brock Lesnar right like
1: absolutely it, it seems big that big way big. they even made the comparisons yeah. dur- during the match for sure
0: yeah and so i didn't realize that he's at least build at 64 64 hmm. 63 i mean K- this Karrion cross guy is a big guy I-, I think it's kind of a dumb name but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's, it, yeah, yeah, it's i mean, i think it's better than
1: killer cross yeah, I, I think it's a step up, but it's still not perfect.
0: Yeah, I mean, killer, uh, the killer sounds good on certain occasions, um, if it, you're like real yeah. into wrestling and you understand certain things. But then, like, when you realize, as WWE did smartly, that you know public perception is is really everything, and yeah. the idea of branding someone as a killer. I mean, even they're not even calling this Dexter Loomis guy an outright killer. They're just hinting to it, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. They
1: don't want to be too overt with it because they've still got their sponsors exactly.
0: and stuff. Exactly. And at times times like this when there's stuff uh, going on in the country, right? Like, you know, I mean, just mm-hmm. bringing up anything, uh, you know, death-related, right? Uh, just can seem insensitive, whether it's uh, things going on in the country or things going on in the wrestling world. Right? We've had everything from course, suicide yeah. to the shad drowning, you know, drowning in the riptide and that horrific story. Of course, there's the you know police brutality in, in America, and um, mm-hmm. as I understand it, elsewhere in the world, I'm not from elsewhere in the world, so I can't speak on that. But uh, you know, it's just the idea of someone being named Killer Cross right now is really yeah. just. Uh, uh, like, great foresight by WWE. Yeah,
1: definitely. And on, like, a a sort of less big picture level, I feel like every... Uh, local indie poster has like a guy who calls himself killer something because right. it's like quite a, like an instant vicious sounding thing so it, to me it sounded a bit hawky as a name so even though like you say carrion cross isn't perfect and they really need to get over this idea of like he is the end times he is the apocalypse if they want yeah. the name carrion to carry yes. um <laughs> then then it'll work <laughs> then it'll work but it's for now it's a step up from from killer
0: Right. And then, uh, you know, I, so work wise, I mean, again, this was almost like an extended squash. I mean, I don't want yeah. to say that because Champa puts in work no matter how long the match is. Um, but it was good. It was just too quick for me to pass great judgment on. So, uh, I think Champa, you know, the idea of Champa passing out is that, wow, Champa still a badass that we love, um, mm-hmm. cross, you know, just is too big for him. And that kind of hurt Ciampa in my eyes. And I thought that that was a bit soon uh, for him to just kind of, you know, it's very clear that, at least to me, that Gargano is the one that they're going to be real confident with and that Ciampa Mm -hmm. is going to be able to take the loss here and there and, you know, get tapped out real fast. So maybe they'll follow up with it on NXT, but...
1: Yeah I'm certainly excited to see to see where they go with uh with Champa for sure. I I was glad that uh, if they were if they went the route of the the sort of semi squash as you say. Um it I'm glad they went with the pass out uh, finish because the the high Saito suplex that that Carry Cross does and the neck surgery that Champ has i know they're both like like seasoned professionals and have been doing everything but as a fan that's like a move done to this specific person after neck surgeries that would have made me like flinch quite a bit right um on like a non it would have so much that it would have pulled me out of the story a little whereas the pa- the passing out thing it's it's always good to show that someone's resilient and that they they're not giving up um but yeah, it, it's almost because it was like a. It, Champa did get a bit of offense in. I almost would have preferred like a, a ten minute version of the Brock Lesnar John Cena match from from SummerSlam way on back, like where it Champa gets no offense in. I it almost hurt Champa more that he got some offense in that it wasn't just a complete squash. I don't know. Like he could have got more sympathy down the line if it had been a complete squash.
0: Right. Right. No, I, I understand. Um, it's just, I think, at the end of the day, it's uh, an odd pairing at an odd time, you know? Um, mm. it's I. A lot of the time that it, people come in, their first name isn't someone like Ciampa, right? Yeah. So there aren't these... And Ciampa isn't coming off this feud with Gargano, right? Like, the, uh, the supposed culmination even though i doubt that but yeah it's, you know give it give it, it another yeah exactly it, it wait till wrestle uh, like people are around for wrestlemania it'll happen yeah but <laughs> uh you know it's just i think that um it's a tough thing to book right and like they have their timetables and at the end of the day this was the time that they needed to establish karrion cross uh so that you know they're doing it and i, I it's it's an interesting way um i'm not mad at it i'm i'm usually not mad at things that happen on takeover anyways so it's you know it's it's pretty much in line it was just very odd to me how short it was um Mm -hmm. and and the finish was unexpected just overall unexpected is is the one word to sum all this up for me um yeah but i thought it was a good i thought like its abruptness was very good to kind of separate the uh you know the main event the, the 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 big stuff you know
1: yeah Uh, it it was a it was a nice like palate cleanser
0: exactly uh so like i said we had the main event following that the uh i thought all along that that charlotte there's no way charlotte was gonna be anywhere but the main event
1: um yes i you know know what what? i I still doubt maybe it's just because of like uh a decade plus of watching and then watching like the stop start nature of the as they brand it the women's evolution I, there's still a part of me that's cynical and thinks, well, this match should be the main event because it has the potential to be the best match of the night and it features the biggest stars, um, in in mainly in Charlotte. But they ju- WWE just sometimes don't do that and they'll put like a dud guys match in the main event instead. But I was very I was very pleased that it that it closed the show and right. and rightly so because for me it was the it was the match of the night.
0: Absolutely, I, I mean you're not going to hear any arguments from me on that. But, uh, you know, go into a little bit more what, you know, specifically, I'm not the best at picking apart uh, what I, you know, what I love from a match other than uh, it's real hard these days to like, f- you know, get someone watching a television uh, to yeah. like lose yourself like in a match. But sometimes you just find yourself like, oh, wow, I'm watching wrestling again. And that's t- that's tough. You know, it's it's not easy with these no fans or fake fan shows, you know what I mean? So I think whenever that happens, I just kind of like give a little nod to whoever produced or developed that match just because, uh, you know, and and this thing had me going the whole time. So I I just like really enjoyed it. But is there anything specific, um, you know, obviously EO winning the title uh, is something long awaited for a lot of people.
1: Huge moment. I like, it's not, Uh, all a controversial statement to say but she's she's the best women's wrestler on the planet and arguably one of the best overall wrestlers on the planet yeah and so just to see her like having conquered japan and then to to come over here like and not immediately just be like instantly put like the way carrion cross has been where it's just instantly in the forefront to watch her grow uh go through the changes from from face to heel uh and sort of move up the rank rankings and the opportunity is it's a very satisfying moment um for sure i the the match as a whole it just felt bigger than than everything else that was happening and i think that's mostly down to charlotte um i know that there's like a i i see online like a lot of people don't like her and that like people are bored of her and stuff but i just never have been she's like she's just the perfect foil to everything. And the fact that she's like had so many title runs means she's had, she's had so many entertaining matches where she's put baby faces over and people lots, so many characters have gotten over by working with Charlotte Um, and she's just a showman. She's like, everything feels big. She knows how to transition between moves so smoothly uh, going from spot to spot, making everything feel massive. She'll dictate a pace sometimes for the better, sometimes the worse. I know there was like the only kind of like off spot in the match was like, there was like, I think Eeyore went for a hurricane runner to the outside and Charlotte kind of slowed it down. So it didn't look too smooth compared to how fast Eeyore can do something. But that's just like an example of how Charlotte dictates the pace of a match. Um, And it even, you notice it more with a crowd. I guess it's tough to notice now, Um, but she'll like, react to how the crowd is reacting and, and play off that She's she's just the definition of a of a main event star in my opinion
0: right it's you know it's funny it's everything that you're saying I'm, I'm hearing and then i start to think like you're you're describing her dad yeah uh you know and i like and people 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 hate that people hate that she's a flair Uh. Mm-hmm. people also i you know do not like to see uh they like to see like the 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 you know woman with long legs blonde hair and big boobs uh mm-hmm. in, in real life you know because most people are horny but they don't <laughs> like to see that person depicted uh and doing better than them right like a lot of people are gonna scoff at the real housewives of a- abc yeah and a- yeah. why you know whatever um, and I think that like that plays that perception to a degree, uh, some people are getting worked. Some people are getting very much worked by someone who is supposed to be, uh, sexier than you, someone who's supposed to be a better wrestler than everyone else. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you know what? She can back it up, which sucks. Like for a lot of people, it really sucks. Cause, uh, you know, there's people there's people in this business that you can say like, yeah, everyone likes them, but actually they're the shits. Um, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, like my, one of my favorite wrestlers, Roman Reigns, not the best worker, fine worker, not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's that knock on him. You know what I mean? But I, like there, there's, you know, there's people you can talk about like that, but Charlotte, uh, Charlotte just has, she very much almost lives her gimmick. And I know that she works babyface, um, even sometimes from week to week these days, Uh, but you know, like for the most part, when you think of Ric Flair, her dad, right? You think of the heel, right? You think of wheeling, dealing, kiss, stealing, and he's got more money than you. He's got more championships than you. He's got more everything than you. And, And that's what Charlotte is, has, that's what the Flair name has. And you hate it because it's the same reason you talk shit about the hot girl in school. Uh, you know, who 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 gets all her money from her dad, and her dad buys her the new pink yeah. Corvette uh, when you're all sixteen. That,
1: on top of that, she's the best athlete as well.
0: Yes, yeah, like, and she's and she's captain of the soccer team who just won exactly for the fourth year in a row. It's you know what I mean. It's like <laughs> yeah, you can't win on any aspect, and it's the beauty of the the Flair name and Charlotte. Uh, I mean, you know, just. On, thankfully, as a wrestling fan, I think continuing doing what she does. I hate when I see Charlotte uh, Flack because, for the most part, I think she's worked really hard. Uh, mm-hmm. This was not always what she wanted to do. Um, you know, I think a lot of people don't like know exactly what it is like. You know, what her history is and her family history, and a lot of people don't know about her brother, which is like a real yeah. important part if you if you want to know about her. So. Um, definitely it's you know i i I, i'm with you there i think that uh she's super um you said io shirai one of the best workers in the world i mean she's in the argument for every top 10 list out there Um, yeah you know man or woman it's it's like you know there are people who just do things like a will osprey where every time you see them in the ring you're like are you (laughs) Holy shit! Are you kidding me? You know, and yeah, that's yeah, and that's her. Um, including this title change, uh, so like it's gonna be super. I think to just see her work with everyone else that's in uh NXT, and there's just you know there's uh they have a super strong women's division, right? Like the the cliche is AW has the best tag division, and NXT is the best women's division. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's you know play to your strengths this is definitely their strengths. It's gonna be interesting to see what Charlotte does uh, going on from there, but, uh, you know, as a way to cap off this pay-per-view, like you said, uh, very happy that this was the main event, very happy that they put the best match last, and gave us all, I think, a bit of a surprise, right? With the title change.
1: Yeah, yeah, my my heart was with Eod, like, that's, that's who I wanted to win, but my head was very much with, with Charlotte retaining. Uh, so it was, it was a, it was a nice surprise for sure.
0: Right. And then I, you know, and then I'm not, I can't not mention, uh, that right now, if you look at things, even though, uh, one of them was actually in kind of a weird way. Um, but three women's champions right now are, uh, Io Shirai, Asuka's on Raw and Hikaru mm-hmm. Shida is the recent, uh, AW women's champion. So I think that, um. You know, a lot of people I feel like are going to attribute it and say like, oh, yeah, they're just falling back on all the like Joshi uh, wrestlers and stuff like that. But I think it's real important uh, that like at this time of women's development and, you know, women's wrestling development, women aren't developing, um, but the wrestling (laughs) world is developing to allow women into their, uh, you know, into their weird little cult. To be
1: the full main event stars.
0: Exactly. And I think that this is like, a really good way uh, to just, you know, start that off, right? Like, it you know, the best can be the best no matter who they are, right? It doesn't really matter that there's three Asian women. It's just they so happen to be the three best women because they've been doing it the damn longest because, surprise, Japan lets the women do things, you know? Like, (laughs) you know what Asuka wasn't doing 10 years ago? Like, bra and panties matches. Like, it's just... Yeah. it's, It's so... I think that it's like real important to note just how far uh, we've come in this, you know, so-called women's evolution, which is such a corny name, but uh, it, really it, it really is. is. It's really it, a good thing that's happening. I think women's wrestling these days.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's 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 a real highlight, and even AEW. I was like, in it was, I was critical at the start of of their women's division, but. The last month or two, I've, I've seen the developments and it's like, it's actually that they're starting to get a solid division together, still probably a good while away from being able to compete with the talent that NXT's put together. But like you say, it's like the tag division versus the women's division, uh, kind of thing. But yeah, the three Joshi wrestlers being at the the top of, uh, and having like the three of the most prominent belts in the world, it just makes sense when they're the best. That's who should have the belt.
0: Right. Exactly. And th- and that's, you know, that's the bottom line uh, when you when you look at things, you know, it's just that they are the best um, and it's because they've been allowed to develop for so, you know, for so long. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I think you've got the story about Riho, uh, you know, who was the first AEW Women's Champion, but she's been wrestling for, you know, X amount of years at such a young age. You know, she was, I think, like single digits, of course. Hanakamura, kimura who you know isn't with us anymore but she you know her her family brought her into wrestling you know and, mm-hmm. and things like that so i think that just like being super like welcoming like you know not to be all like social justice warrior or anything like that but you know just like i don't think people understand how quickly women get shit on just for having an opinion and like not just wrestling oh yeah but the it's, it's, world.
1: A t- it's a much it's an uphill battle it's like Massively the minute
0: so. the minute you talk, and you have and you know your bra size because men have boobs too, but they don't know their bra size. But <laughs> you know, like the minute you talk and and you've and and you're a woman, it's like especially I see it in sports and wrestling fans all the time. But they're like, yeah, but let me tell you how it works, toots. And it's like, are you fucking kidding, dude? Just like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, hundred percent. so – yeah, they've
1: they've they had to go through more stuff and and like climb higher and harder to to reach where they have because of the the imbalances in society and just the the shit that we you see online that they have to put up with from largely male fans. Right, exactly.
0: So that's uh we we've done we've done a good amount of audio here today and we've gotten uh we've put like a six-match show to be almost as long uh, of a
1: podcast as it was a television show, so that's uh, <laughs> it was that's... it was good to- it was good talking with you. Uh, no, dude, it, it, about it's... this about this uh, show. No, it was, it, nice it to was awesome. It.
0: Yeah, I, you guys, uh, you know, people listening don't know, but uh, you know, we m- me and Matt have talked for uh, you know on uh, through text and messenger and DMs and stuff for like mm-hmm. probably two or three years or, or, or two like a year or two or something. You know, yes, yeah, some, yes, yeah, some something like that. Um, a long time at least i you know i know who you are um so <laughs> it's uh you know it's 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 always like a crapshoot when when someone's like hey let's do some audio together and uh and then you do it and i think it worked out really well so you yeah. guys can actually let us know by retweeting liking subscribing and doing all that stuff but uh before we close things out i i wanted to uh start doing on these podcasts which i think we did it on one of our smackdown watch alongs before so if you guys listen to that uh, you might be familiar with this, but I'll explain it again. Uh, something I picked up, as I mentioned earlier, as my time as a camp counselor, uh, we'd review the day with the kids, and I thought it was very productive uh, just to kind of go over your feelings of what it is that you just did, watched, uh, and such, you know, because it's good to uh, kind of know where you stand and have a final word on things. So uh, Rose uh, is, is the best thing about it. What was your favorite thing about it? Because it's the pretty thing. Uh, the bud is what you're looking forward to, uh, tomorrow or in this case, you know, upcoming weeks. What you know, what mm-hmm. are you clamoring for in NXT? And then your thorn is gonna be, uh, what you know, what pricked you, what 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 didn't you like, what rubbed you the wrong way? And I always tell people you don't have to have a thorn, you don't have to have a bad thing. Hopefully your day was all good. Hopefully the show was all good. Um, but if you know, maybe there's something that you just want to improve on the next day you know there's always some there's always something there so uh without over explaining things if i haven't already uh i'll let you go with your rosebud and thorn
1: yes yeah, so the, the rose for me uh was the the main event it it it, it just took me out of uh it, it was just perfect escapism it was great wrestling between three very talented people with a feel good ending that was unexpected and a genuine surprise
0: Right. And then your bud, the thing that you're looking forward to in NXT going forward?
1: Uh main one. I got a couple of these, but main one I think is the is the path of Keith Lee from here. Um I I his ceiling is far above the North American Championship, which is essentially the mid-card championship of NXT. I really want to see him have a match with Adam Cole for the NXT Championship on a takeover with a crowd.
0: <laughs> I feel that. I, I feel that. For sure. And then, Thorn, if you have one, something that uh, maybe was a miss here today.
1: Um, I think I've, it wasn't, like, overall uh, terrible, but I think I'm going to say the backlot brawl uh, just because maybe things like the Stadium Stampede and the Boneyard and the Firefly Funhouse match just gave me such a high ceiling and expectation for what this could be, but it just didn't deliver to the level that I expected, personally. Right.
0: And then, okay, so for me, I you know my 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 rose it was probably gonna be the main event. I thought that the main event was a uh, was real good, and you know the Shirai title change uh, was really like a positive thing. But uh, just to change it up, I think I'm gonna say the opener because um, I know that it was different, uh, as you explained, you know, than traditional NXT openers. Um, but I do, I, I just, I think sometimes. And I think that this is a positive thing if you if if you can enjoy wrestling this way, um, you can mark out for people that you just enjoy, right? Like from people that you see on their social media presence, or maybe you watch them on the bump or whatever dumb YouTube WWE shows that they have. You know what I mean? Uh, people that you can just kind of get behind. Um, so I, you know, Tegan Knox and Mia Yim are actually two of my favorite uh, women in all of wrestling. So I. It was just kind of a delight for me to see both of those uh, women in the same match. I've been watching a lot of Mia Yim's Twitch stream. uh, So I encourage you guys to check that out. But uh, I just, you know, I I had a blast watching that opening match uh, with with those two girls in it. So uh, that was pretty fun. And then uh, Bud, looking forward to. I want to see Karrion Cross. I'm interested. Uh, I think most people know that scarlet uh bordeaux is very attractive um i want to see is she gonna like i know she has wrestled so i want to see if she like what she is other than just like a you know a little sex piece you know in in heels next next to him cuz uh you know there's something here they have a great look um i'm just they definitely have my interest because uh the rocket strapped on and then uh thorn uh, for the day, man, I really, I really didn't hate too much of this show. Um, but if I had to go with something, let's just go with, um, I guess, like you said, the, the backlot brawl. It was just uh, these things, I, you know, I said we don't rate them, but you can actually rate them on the binary scale, which is one and zero. One's a hit. Zero's a miss. It's a zero mm-hmm. for me uh just didn't just didn't work um it was fun you know it was a thing to watch it was there like i said but it was just uh it it was probably the blemish the what's up with that moment you know the um the, the i don't know the the outlier in, in in what you know in in the grand scheme of NXT takeover matches there's such a high bar set uh for all of this yeah. so it makes it like i think you know it's not like watching not to shit on raw and smackdown again but raw and
1: smackdown you you can shit on raw and smackdown again that's fine
0: there's a thorn every every five seconds it's like are you kidding me why does charlie look like an idiot every time she asks a question does she not know english like you know so it's just so it's you know so the it's fun it's fun to like nitpick these shows because it's so like lighthearted. but uh yeah man i i really really enjoyed this show and it sounds like uh, you know you had a pretty good time too hopefully we can get back to more uh uh, NXT stuff, but, um, you know, but before we, uh, before we head out, uh, let's l- let people know what you got going on. Uh, there's, uh, I did the K kayfabe crunch. If you, I know you're going to plug that, but there's, uh, other podcasts and stuff that you're working on too. So I'll yield and go ahead.
1: Yeah. Uh, the K kayfabe crunch is a po as a wrestling comedy podcast that, uh, a few of us make and put together. It's it's basically a satire of uh news broadcasts, the sort of podcast updates that you get on a on a daily basis, but from the perspective of a newsroom that thinks wrestling is entirely real, uh, and that these are events that are actually happening on television. Each episode is like 10 to 15 minutes long. We just try and provide a bit of escapism. Uh some some jokes land some don't, but it's a it's a good seat of your pants project. And also, I've got a podcast called Drinkopedia, if you want something that's not wrestling-based. We aim to uh, entertain and educate uh, on that podcast. we want, Basically, one person gets drunk, and <laughs> they've had a week to learn two, to- two random topics. No. Uh, they then have to explain those topics while drunk to the other two people in the room. And we try and learn, and then we do a bit of fact-checking down the line uh and yeah it's just it's kind of like drunk history but for the full curriculum there are there are no limits on just history
0: <laughs> that's actually okay so i've known about that podcast for a, a, a long time but i i've never actually listened to it so i'm guilty of that but i will definitely be checking out the next episode and some past episodes that you guys have uh uh put out is there one that you can point people to uh that is like you think the one? Oh, people should listen definitely
1: to? if you're listening to this podcast we did a episode where a non-wrestling fan uh, had to explain a lot of wrestling terminology uh, like like, like kayfabe and work and shoot and face and heel it was it was a good laugh definitely I think a lot of wrestling fans would be like come on how did he not know what this is all
0: right yeah that's awesome man all right so if if people want if people want to find that it's a drinkopedia right and you can find that uh, on most of the podcasting uh, sub subscribers and stuff like that just like this
1: one yeah absolutely just a- any podcast platform at drinkopedia pod on twitter there's there's links and all all sorts on there
0: all right and then uh, I also encourage you guys to check out the uh, kayfabe crunch uh it's it's I was on in an episode uh if, if you guys know anything about me or have seen me on twitter uh I idolize and adore uh Dave Meltzer so it was fun to uh kind of play and make fun of him a bit <laughs> uh as uh what was the the character named dave smelter
1: dave, dave smelter yeah you so, were great man it was, yeah. it was it was so good to like to write something and then for you to come back with that piece bringing your own angle to it that's what that's what the kayfabe crunch is all about of
0: course yeah it's a you know at the end of the day i love doing uh content stuff with uh people who are like-minded and uh you know, know how to have a good laugh about some wrestling related stuff so i encourage you guys uh, really check out both those shows as i will be doing uh you guys can follow me on twitter uh, i have two accounts my our main one is at MSE pro wrestling uh that's where most of you guys are probably gonna find this uh podcast and then you guys want to follow me personally it's at dave b rosenberg um that's just b is my middle initial so check me out there um, it's also in the bio of the MSC Pro Wrestling account. And Matt, if you have a personal account that you want to get out there too, or just the Twitter accounts of your podcast, go ahead and we'll sign off.
1: Oh, yeah. You don't you don't need to follow my personal. That's fine. Just, at Drinkopedia Pods, at Kayfabe Crunch. That's all the good stuff.
0: All right. Awesome. Hey, man, it was really great to talk to you. And hopefully we can have you on again. I think this uh, worked out real yeah. well. And, yeah, I'd love um, to. It was, it was great fun. talking
1: with you. Awesome.
0: All right. We'll catch you guys again uh, after a while.